Welcome to the Muni360 podcast from New York Life Investments. Valuable insights on all aspects related to investing in the complex and highly fragmented municipal bond market. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Muni360 podcast from New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Mackay Municipal Managers. In a municipal market that is highly complex, from public policy to market technicals, we're excited to bring you another podcast focusing on current municipal themes and strategies for clients to consider. I'm really excited to be joined today again by Mike Denlinger, directly from our trading desk in Los Angeles. As you might remember, Mike is a managing director and portfolio manager focused on the investment grade segment of the marketplace. We've been looking forward to having Mike back on the show to share his observations. Mike, great to have you back. Thanks, Chris. Great to be here. So, Mike, it's hard to believe we're nearly halfway through the year. What are your observations so far this year in terms of the tone of the market? Mm -hmm. The tone has improved, and it's largely been a function of flows in and out of mutual funds. So 2022, we were basically staring at outflows throughout the entire year. So the focus of a lot of market participants was just raising enough cash to meet those redemptions. So far in 2023, we have greater stability in terms of fund flows, which brings back a relative value focus in the market. And a perfect example is what we're seeing in the hospital sector. As we've broadcast to our clients many times, we've gotten a little bit more negative on the hospital sector, yet it actually performed pretty well in 2022 at the beginning of 2023. However, when you look at it from the high yield segment of the market, the hospital sector is the worst performing sector. So when portfolio managers aren't necessarily just focused on raising cash, they can start paying greater attention to credit and other features of securities, which brings relative value back into the market. That's a great observation, Mike. And you know, as we've said before, realizing we don't make interest rate bets or duration calls in the portfolios we manage, many still ask, how would we assess the current rate inflation narrative? Do we think the narrative as it stands today is priced into the marketplace? We got a little bit concerned when markets were pricing in pretty significant rate cuts for the end of 2023. If you listen to the rhetoric coming out of the Fed, the market was getting a bit ahead of what the Fed was actually saying. As many investors, I'm sure, have noticed, April and May, we saw some negative returns. And what that was, was the market pricing out those cuts and looking for the Fed to either go another hike or two and then stay relatively flat. We think the market, therefore, is in a much healthier place in terms of pricing Fed expectations, which... It allows us to achieve greater levels of income with higher yields, and it also just places the market in a healthier state. Great. So it feels like we're closer to the end than the beginning, for sure. And then, you know, with that in mind, year to date, market's been more solid, but definitely not on fire. It's been a little bit of a mixed bag, if you will, throughout the year. And I guess the point is, you know, there have been some nuances in the market this year that have seemed to have a dampening effect on any major rallies. It's been a modest tone sort of grinding along so far. One example of a possible headwind, if you will, has been the nuances in the regional banking sector, to name one. Can you share your thoughts on this as it relates to the municipal marketplace and why things stand the way they do right now? It's been interesting. If you look to January, we had a sharp rally followed by a pretty significant sell-off in February. Then we had the flight to quality rally in March after the failure of some of the regional banks. And we've basically retraced that entire rally since March. So the volatility is still with us. And I think a lot of investors have kind of had the expectation of previous dislocations 
where they're quickly followed up by a significant rally. Without an accommodative Fed, that's going to be a bit of a challenge. However, it gives portfolio managers and it gives clients the ability to achieve more income in that we can invest at higher yields. It allows us to find interesting trading opportunities where not everyone is just rushing in to buy bonds. And it really allows us to position for longer periods of time and set our clients up for not necessarily one or two years, maybe five, seven, even 10 years down the road. So while we may not be seeing the double digit type returns that people were hoping for, I still think it gets us in a position where we can position portfolios for a longer term future, which in the end is going to benefit clients. It is interesting because a lot of times when you see such a violent sell-off like you saw last year, sometimes the positive snapback is just as significant. And we haven't really seen that. The good news is that there's still some runway and a great inflection point to kind of have that buy the dip mentality throughout the rest of the year for clients. And with that all said, again, more modest but positive returns this year. I think we can agree that there's still ample opportunities to achieve a strong total return profile this year. Can you share some more specific thoughts on levels, spreads, and the general attractiveness in the market that we see? Yeah. After this sell-off in April and then early May, we're basically flirting with the highs in absolute yields and the wides in muni to treasury ratios. We've been a bit range bound between the upper end of yields and the lower end and also ratios where either 30 year or 10 year ratios have been. And today we're towards the cheaper end of both of those ranges, which I think, again, it allows us to achieve attractive yields, but also the potential for total return, as you mentioned there. Generically, in talking just yield levels, at least in the investment grade space and high quality bonds, we're still able to target yields of 4% or maybe even a little bit higher. And in high yield with good quality high yield paper, we're still able to achieve yields at or north of 5%. Remember, these are after tax yields. If we adjust these accounting for taxes, they look even more compelling. So think about that for a minute, right? So Mike was just saying that you can still capture 4% yields in the investment grade market. There was a day before 2022 where you were lucky to get two. So it's still at very compelling levels. Maybe taking it even a step further, Mike. It seems like we are in a landscape where you have to pick your spots. You really have to be strategic around where you go and not, if you will, in terms of general positioning. Can you discuss further our general positioning, things we like, things we don't like right now? Yeah. From a high level, we still favor higher quality paper in general, whether that be within investment grade or within high yield. The economic outlook still looks a bit uncertain and therefore since we're not paying a big premium to move up in quality, we think it makes sense to do so. More specifically, we've seen opportunities with the FDIC selling securities of some of the failed banks, whether it be Silicon Valley or Signature Bank. A lot of that paper is of the highest credit quality. But what's interesting is the dollar prices that they're trading at. Many of these bonds are trading down anywhere from 22 to 30 points relative to where they came to market. So for example, if a bond came to market at par in 2021, they may now be trading as low as 75 cents. The reason for this is that they came at a really low interest rate period with really low coupons. And so they've taken a huge hit in terms of dollar price, but it's very rare to be able to buy such high credit quality paper at such low dollar prices with yields that are still north of the 10-year treasury. So we're still getting positive spread to 10-year treasury, despite a large portion of this income being tax-free. 
So on the investment grade side, that's been a great opportunity for us. We're also seeing opportunities when deals get slow. So when we had the backup in February or even a couple of weeks ago in May, you are seeing some deals that get hung up, meaning the dealer can't clear all the debt. And then we're able to step in and change around pricing. Maybe we're changing around the coupon structure, et cetera. But it allows us to buy more bonds when the market's at the most interesting opportunities, meaning if the market is struggling, that means yields are probably attractive and or spreads are attractive, and we can go in and get more bonds in doing so. And then as it relates to the high yield side, we've had better luck at actually getting security packages structured that we look for. When there's a lot of money in the high yield marketplace, you see covenant packages get light, you see security features get stripped away. We have more leverage today as buyers. And so we've been able to improve the credit structures that we're seeing on high yield deals, which is a high priority for us. Some great color, Mike. And we're going to pivot into the credit landscape a bit. So we've talked about this on prior shows. Good to get your take as it stands today. The credit fundamentals in the marketplace, I think in most perspectives, we've been talking about how we're very comfortable with credit fundamentals. But at the same time, many clients will ask, how does credit hold up? Should economic weakness and recessionary pressures continue? Any thoughts around that topic? Yeah. If you think about traditional muni credit, what typically comes to mind from a credit quality perspective is still very fundamentally sound. Even if we do head into a slower economic period, the feedback into traditional muni credit is lagged and often minor relative to other segments of financial markets. As an example, think about the COVID-19 pandemic and airports. No major airport in the U.S. went default despite the fall in air traffic. The reason for that is that a lot of municipal issuers, airports included, have tremendous flexibility in their budgeting, and so they can withstand downturns. Now, there are certain single-site projects that may be more exposed to an economic downturn where clients and ourselves as portfolio managers need to be highly aware, and we are. And generally speaking, those are the types of deals and segments of the market that we want to avoid. We want to avoid the cyclical credits that may trade down in a broader economic downturn and favor the more traditional muni credits that people think about, especially those that have monopolistic type revenue streams. Great, Mike. And so if we've kind of recap a couple of things we've talked about in terms of things that are, I think, compelling in the market right now, we've talked about more attractive levels, accrual rates in the marketplace, credit fundamentals being quite solid. One topic we haven't touched on, technical, supply and demand technicals the summer months. So maybe you can spend a minute on that. Yes, yeah, supply has remained limited throughout this year. Uh, that's largely a function of rates and just it being costlier for municipalities to come to the market. And we have finally hit June, which kicks off the strong summer technical period in our market. So there is going to be a lot more money paid out to investors, either via coupons or bonds maturing, than bonds that will be coming to market. So that's going to create natural demand in our marketplace over the next few months. As an example, in August, in the state of California alone, investors are going to receive approximately $13.2 billion worth of cash. If you compare that to last year, last year was $10.3 billion. So you have a nearly 30% increase in just what should be natural demand in California. And it's also a record for the state in any single month. That just means there are more investors chasing California paper, which generally speaking, barring some exogenous event, should drive muni prices higher. 
So in addition to levels credit, another positive attribute is technical. So it's good to see that amidst some of the other dynamics in the marketplace. So with that being said, for clients, why should investors consider actively managed funds as a replacement or complement to some of the passive approaches they've used over the years? And what are some recent portfolio positioning themes that would illustrate that point? I think the easiest way, especially if you look at last year, is the ability to achieve greater income. I think if you didn't have an active approach last year, you left a lot of income on the table. And remember, that income gets compounded every year. And compound interest is a really powerful force in financial markets. The other thing is total return. We mentioned you know, some of the opportunities we're seeing with the FDIC list, some of the opportunities we see when deals get slow and we're able to achieve the structures and yields that we want and also buy more bonds when the market's weaker. Those types of things allow us to consistently generate alpha. And then again, on the high yield side, it's really understanding credit and it's really understanding your security packages. And for us, when we're able to go in and work with an underwriter and an issuer during pricing, we're able to try to improve the security and credit packages that we're looking for. If you're just a price taker passively, you may not understand everything that's going on under the hood. And we think that's critical. Thank you, Mike. It's really great to see that Makai Municipal Managers is still optimistic about the market this year. And we think the stage is still well set for those taking an active approach. This has really been a great conversation. I'm sure our listeners are finding your thoughts and insights to be really helpful. Before we let you go, though, do you have any parting thoughts for our audience? Yes, we've seen so far the first half of this year, volatility is here to stay. Just look at January and February and then follow up with March and what we've seen so far in April and May. Volatility is here to stay with us, which is a good thing if you are an active total return approach manager. The other thing is that the economic outlook is uncertain. We can hear about hard landing, soft landing, no landing, et cetera. It's certainly uncertain. So for investors, it seems prudent to focus on tax efficient, high quality income. And that's exactly what you achieve in Munis. Great recap, Mike. You certainly have to pick your spots and active management is a way to get there working with Makai Municipal Managers. And that really wraps up our episode of Muni360 Podcast with New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Makai Municipal Managers. Please be sure to subscribe and look out for new episodes. We really appreciate you rating the show and leaving a review so we can spread these insights to as many as possible. Thanks for listening. Municipal bond risks include the ability of the issuer to repay the obligation, the relative lack of information about certain issuers, and the possibility of future tax and legislative changes, which could affect the market for and value of municipal securities. Investing in below investment grade securities may carry a greater risk of non-payment of interest or principal than higher rated securities. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. Diversification does not assure profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Active management is the use of a human element, such as a single manager, co-managers, or a team of managers to actively manage a fund's portfolio. Active management strategies typically have higher fees than passive management. Alpha measures a fund's risk-adjusted performance and is expressed as an annualized percentage. Credit spread reflects the difference in yield between a treasury and corporate bond of the same maturity. Duration is a measure of the sensitivity of the price of a bond to a change in interest rates. Interest rate risk is the potential that a change in overall interest rates will reduce the value of a bond. This material contains the opinions of the Mackay Municipal Managers team of Mackay Shields, LLC, but not necessarily those of Mackay Shields, LLC. LLC. The opinions expressed herein are subject to change without notice. This material is distributed for informational purposes only. Forecasts, estimates, and opinions contained herein should not be considered as investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment product. 
Information contained herein has been obtained from sources believed to be reliable but not guaranteed. Any forward-looking statements speak only as of the date they are made and Mackay Shields assumes no duty and does not undertake to update forward-looking statements. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. Neither New York Life Insurance Company nor its affiliates or representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please contact your own professionals. Mackay Municipal Managers is a team of portfolio managers at Mackay Shields. Mackay Shields is 100% owned by New York Life Investment Management Holdings, which is wholly owned by New York Life Insurance Company. Not all products and services provided by Mackay Shields may be available to all investors, limited by applicable laws and regulations in certain jurisdictions. No part of this material may be reproduced in any form or referred to in any other publication without the express written permission of Mackay Shields. New York Life Investments is both the service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with New York Life Insurance Company.